So, coming up to 7.31, and the search goes on for why a gunman opened fire from the 32nd floor of the Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino in Las Vegas on Sunday night, claiming at least 59 lives, uh, as well as over 500 injuries among attendees of an open-air music festival. The media has largely portrayed this as a lone wolf attack committed by 64-year-old Stephen Paddock, described by President Donald Trump as a sick man, a demented man, presumably going on his own opinion at this point, because we really don't know too much. Paddock did apparently take his own life in the hotel room from which he was shooting, according to police. Others have suggested Paddock's avoided the terrorist tag simply because he's white. Let's get a local perspective now from Jesse Granger of the Las Vegas Sun. Thank you very much for speaking with us. Thank you for having me on. So this is being described pretty much unanimously as the worst mass shooting in modern American history. Can you give us a sense of the atmosphere on the ground now at this point? Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, the night that it happened, in the morning after, it was it was obviously really, really eerie here in town. But in the, in the days after this town has rallied and come together, uh, like I didn't know it could. Um, I'm not originally from Las Vegas. I'm from Denver, Colorado, but I've lived here over 10 years now, so I consider it my home. And I think a lot of people around the country and around the world see Las Vegas as just the strip with the hotels and the entertainment and all that, and they don't realize how much of a community it is. But uh, everybody came together. All the blood drives that they had, there were lines wrapped around the building, six-hour waits to donate blood. The American Red Cross here in southern Nevada had to turn away donations of food and water because they had so much that they couldn't even handle anymore. Um, they, they, they started a GoFundMe account that raised over $2 million dollars um, just in donations from citizens alone. So, I mean, as, as sad as the situation is, uh, the response from the city and everybody here has been uh, pretty overwhelming. We have been told by the government here there are still 13 Korean nationals unaccounted for. Uh, that doesn't mean that they've been victims of this attack. They're just trying to find out where they are and if they're safe. Um What's the process been like for identifying victims? How far along is that? Yeah, it's not really. It's not. It's not that far along now. I think I, from last time I saw, there's uh, twenty of the victims have uh, been identified. The thing is, there's so many people that are being accounted are, are have not been accounted for because they just spread out and nobody knows where anyone is and everybody that had their phone charger at Mandalay Bay, they're not allowed in there, so their cell phone died and they can't get a hold of anyone. So there's so many people that are that are not injured, but they just can't reconnect with their family members or friends or whoever they're here with. They got, so when, when the whole thing went down, they, they started taking people into some of the nearby hotels. The Thomas and Mac, which is the college basketball team's arena, started taking people in there. And, and it's just been this, they, the convention center is now as being used as a refuge place for everyone. So everybody's just kind of trying to connect and without their phones, uh, Nobody knows where anybody is. What, what do we know so far, though, about the assailant who was identified pretty quickly, 64-year-old Stephen Paddock? Um, we know he had a home in Nevada where we, we know more than 19 firearms and explosives were found. He also had 23 guns in that hotel room, automatic weapons that were able to cause so much devastation. 
why is the big question. Yeah, and that's the that's the question we're still trying to figure out here. Um, that's what everybody's working so hard on. It there there have been rumors and there have been reports that he owed MGM Casinos, which is an owner of Mandalay Bay, a bunch of money, but that hasn't been confirmed, and I'm not even sure that that, that the, where those came from. But he seemed like a well-off person with quite a bit of money. He was a real estate. He was in real estate, and he uh, he had a house, like you said, in Mesquite, Nevada, which is a tiny, tiny, tiny little town down the road from Las Vegas. And he also has a house up in Reno, um, up in the northern part of Nevada. So. We we don't know why. Um, I'm sure we'll find out eventually, but that's that's pretty much what everybody's working on at this point. Another big question is how how does one get so many weapons into a hotel room? How does one manage to gather these firearms and explosives at home without being noticed? Uh, I mean, first of all, we have to appreciate that in the United States, the transfer of weapons is a little easier than here in Korea. But still, to get that kind of armory into a hotel room people must be questioning that severely there yeah i mean i guess he had 10 suitcases in his room and when you when you're staying he was staying at mandalay bay um and if you it's, it's not, i don't think he brought them all up at once would be my guess he brought one at a time two at a time whatever it is and it doesn't look suspicious when you just see a guy bringing a couple no. suitcases up to his room as far as getting the guns um the latest thing that i've seen coming out is that he, he may have modified, he didn't buy automatic weapons, he may have bought semi-automatic weapons and then bought a modification that turns them into, because automatic weapons, is easy, like you said, the gun laws are a little more lax, but it's still extremely difficult to buy and own automatic weapons. But if you buy semi-automatic weapons and then buy pieces to make them automatic, it's a little different, so he might have found a way around the laws. Jesse Granger from the Las Vegas Sun, thank you so much for speaking with us today. No problem at all. And uh, any further thoughts on this, you can share it with us, including weighing in on that conversation over what label we should attribute to this attack. Of course, it's terror in the real sense of the word, terror. But, as I said before, terrorism associated with a political cause, it doesn't have the hallmarks of that, does it? Uh, regardless of Islamic State claiming responsibility. Uh, and and it also touches on some of the other debates, though, around what difference it makes, whether you're white, black, or any other colour of skin, uh, and perhaps, too, what religion you are, and whether you should be accessing these weapons in the first place. Powder Sharp 1013 for 51 per message.